This is Max Bever with Talking Liberties with the ACLU of Illinois. We hope that you enjoyed our latest podcast recorded live at the Hoxton, Chicago. And we wanted to share this bonus Q&A session recorded immediately following the podcast. We'll be back again soon with our next episode. But until then, let's rejoin our host, Ed Yonka, and guest Mary Meg McCarthy of the National Immigrant Justice Center. As I promised before, we're going to take a few minutes now for questions. If people have questions uh, uh, on any of the issues that we've raised or anything else that you're thinking about, um, I really said this and I'm serious. This is like one of the great strategic advocates on immigration in the country. So whatever you have, this would be the moment to ask it. Thank you, Ed. He taught me everything I know. Yeah, yeah. That's because I was older when we started. (laughs) Anybody have a question? There we go. KT. If there were one or two things that each one of us should take from tonight that we should um, go home and do, what would they be? Mm-hmm. That's mm. a good question. I think I asked this question in a forum recently yes, and didn't get an did. answer. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> I mean, two things, I think. I mean, obviously, you could call your elected officials and you know, express to them your dismay and how we are criminalizing migration. Um, You know, as I said, you know, this interior enforcement operation. I mean, some people, we had a client who, um, it was, you know, in in one of the neighborhoods where there's a lot of violence and, uh, you know, someone with a jacket came up to him and looked like a police officer and questioned him about where someone's whereabouts were. And so he tried to respond and, you know, he was trying to be a good citizen, right? And um, next thing you know, this officer said, show me your ID. And all he had was a matricula card. It was a nice officer posing as a local police officer. I was, so, you know, this kind of criminalization of individuals who are, as I said, our neighbors is just terrible. And we have to stop that or the criminalization of mothers crossing the border with their children and prosecuting them for illegal entry. So I think we, and, and the detention system, you know, Ed and I were talking about, it. I mean, it's grown under the Obama administration. When Obama left, it was approximately 34,000 people a day detained for immigration reasons. Asylum seekers, people who like got picked up because they were questioned about their ID, Um, Some young kids we know were riding the Amtrak to Harvard to visit their classmates. They got stopped on the the train. But those people were in jail, 34,000. Today, under this administration, it's approximately 50,000. We've almost doubled the number of people who are being detained. And they want to grow the number, right, budget-wise. They want to grow the number of detention beds by... Was it 30,000 30, 30, more? Right, right. especially yeah. with this new decision that came out that I talked about earlier. So, I mean, we have to stop that criminalization. And then I think the second thing is, so talk to your elected officials. Stop criminalization of migration of immigrants. But the second thing is, is talk to your friends and neighbors. Talk to your community, your, your faith-based organization. Don't shy away from this issue because it's got to be addressed. There is a way to solve this problem. It's not impossible. We can solve it. We are a leader in the world. We can treat refugees fairly and humanely. We should be doing that. Write up ads. Like, be part of a counter narrative to what we're hearing from D.C. right now in the White House. 
Yeah, and I, I would just say, I think especially, there are two things. First of all, I think the bills that, that um, Mary Meg mentioned, I mean, you know, reaching out to your state legislators, because one of the things is we often think of this as something that has a solution only in Congress. Mm -hmm. And frankly, I think for the immediate future, we're going to have to do as much as we can here in Illinois. But I think the other piece is, as Mary Meg said, and, and it's just an interesting thing, and I, you know, um, it there are statements about immigrants and immigration that are printed every day in our newspapers that are abhorrent. Mm -hmm. exactly. And they're wrong. And frankly, it ought to be up anytime we see one. You know, there are ways to dash off a quick letter to the editor. And the truth is it probably means more coming from you than it does from Mary Meg and I, who have probably right. written more than our share of those things over the years. Just to say, I object. Mm -hmm. That's not. These are human beings. These are not you know, people who are, um, you know, something other. And I think that is, you know, one of the most critical things we can do. And to your point, too, I think um, stay informed. Yeah. Like, don't yeah. accept what you're hearing in the news. Right. Don't accept the fact that we are being invaded by gangs. That's not the reality. And, and you know, get information from ACLU's website. Check out our website, immigrantjustice.org, if you want information. But get... Get sources of information that are accurate and current. And I think, that just to pick up on that, don't be exhausted by this, right? right? I mean, it's really easy to get tired uh, of this. Don't do it, because that's the game. The game is to wear us down, yeah. and, you know, we can't give in to that. Another question? In the, in the, I see one here in the front, and then we'll go back here. Can you make any generalizations? where the, these immigrants go who, who do get asylum? Oh, all over the country. I mean, as I said, we have a large number of asylum seekers here in Chicago or asylees. Um, in fact, the mayor-elect called me the other day and said, um, we're accepting asylum seekers when they come in the country. And I said, absolutely, because Trump was saying, I'm going to send them all to the sanctuary cities. So we're welcoming them. So it's really all over the country. I don't think there's one part. Of, you know, I think where they have other members of their community or family members, that's where they're going to just, you know, naturally gravitate to those particular parts of the country. But we're seeing a large number of asylum cases now in Indiana, all over the Midwest. So I, I don't think there's one place I would say people are located. North Carolina, it's, it's amazing. Like the Somali community that grew up in Minnesota, Minnesota of all exactly. places. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Yeah. And we're seeing a large Guatemalan community in, in Indiana. Yeah, isn't that amazing? Yeah. 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 Uh, in the back. I was just wondering if there are programs that um, we can go on that go to the border to help at the border. Uh. Um, I'm always like, where do you even go to look for that? What programs are there? I don't really want to go there just by myself and right, right. hang out at the border. Um, you know what? There's a group, and, and I can connect you to it, that have just kind of formed like... Um, in fact, I get that question almost every day now. <laughs> I'm like, wait, you can volunteer right here. <laughs> but um, there's a, and but it's good to go. I mean, I think I, I I encourage people to go to give witness and to come back and talk about it and to write about it and to you know share about it. So there's a group in Evanston that have been going, um, and you know they're they're not lawyers. They they make sandwiches. They feed people. Some of them are medical people who go and provide services. 
services. So, um, but it's kind of one off. Like it's by organization. So if, if you were interested in going like to San Diego, Tijuana, there's an organization called Alocho Lavo. Um, if you're interested in going to El Paso, there's an organization called Annunciation House, which I think I mentioned earlier, like is serving four to 700 families a day. Um, and in, in Brownsville, there's probably some other organizations. I can't think of who they would be, but I don't know of like an organized group from here going down there, but if you look at their websites, um, there's information about how to complete an application to volunteer. You know, it's amazing, I'll just say, to be on the border. I, I think one of the things that, that is remarkable about being there is to see the integration of the mm -hmm. communities from both sides of the border. I think that's a really important thing to be able to see and witness for oneself in terms of really understanding how that process works. So it is well worth going. You had a follow-up. So a follow-up is, so what can we do here yeah. in Chicago? Well, I would say people can volunteer. Like, you know, even like the Interfaith Community for Detained Immigrants, they're always looking for people. There's different like houses, homes that have been providing shelter for immigrants and refugees. And I can give you some of that information. Um, you know, if, if teach English as a second language, uh, you know, if you're a lawyer or a, um, you speak a second language, volunteer in terms of interpreting or translating. Um, you know, I, and again, I think it's pulling people together. We have a little ambassador packet on our website um, that you could look at, but like pulling people together and reading books and talking about this issue or seeing some of the movies together um, to really keep this in the centerfold. There's so many issues right now, issues of justice, right? But these are human beings that are being mistreated by our own country by our tax dollars. And so to raise that awareness, I think, is really impactful. Any other questions? Right here. So Mary Meg, you brought up four bills that are currently going through, you know, Illinois Congress right now. What type of activities or bills or programs are we seeing in our neighboring Midwest states when it comes to immigration? Well, let me clarify, those four bills I mentioned, they're in Springfield in the General Assembly. So sure. they're not in Congress. Um, I mean, there's a lot of stuff flying around in Congress, but I don't think you want me to talk about uh, that. No, we don't want to that. talk about that. <laughs> so I think we're seeing some really good legislation and efforts by grassroots organizations to move forward in positive legislation at the state level. You know, whether it's, you know, um, state dollars for continuing education for undocumented. You know, now people who um, became eligible for DACA aren't able to apply. So they're gonna be undocumented and they can't work, right? So they're gonna need access to funds at the state level. They'll never be able to get federal funds. I mean, DACA recipients can't even get that right now. But um, So that's gonna be really important to be able to make sure our states provide for funding for their continuing education. Um, you know, the whole private prison piece. I mean, I, they're not going to stop. Even if we get some legislation passed in Illinois, they're going to try it again back in Indiana and Wisconsin. I mean, they want a jail in the Midwest, a mega jail in the Midwest. So I think just paying attention to what their next step is going to be. And I think, you know, 
even at the municipal level or the local level, like school boards and, you know, the city of Chicago, I think letting them know, hey, we want to continue to, we have a new administration coming in. We want to be a sanctuary city. We want to protect the immigrants and refugees here. We want to be a welcoming city. How, is the, how do we best move forward in doing that or doing that in your communities um, and making sure school boards welcome those students and their parents? But are we seeing, I think, to follow up on this question, are we seeing things in both neighboring states and across the country where, I mean, I think like the show me your papers uh, law from Arizona that got struck down in Texas, we're seeing that introduced in a number of states across the country, right? Yeah. No, we are. No, Texas is something really bad that passed. I can't remember the number of this. Right, I don't either. Something. But but, but it's... uh, you know, that case, we think, look at back at that, and it, it just wasn't done strategically, and so I think it's really important. You know, I'd also say invest in organizations that are trying to be really strategic in how we litigate or how we organize people um, to, to move positive pro-immigration legislation or bills at the state and local level, because that's going to be really important. I mean, like we saw what happened in Dwight. Yeah. Like they were like, sure, we'll have a private yeah. prison here. Yeah. Uh, we've got time for one more question, and I see one more hand. Slightly off topic, but in terms of the Supreme Court now talking about um, questioning whether you are a citizen, mm-hmm. is there anything you are suggesting to advocate on that front? Mm, that's a good question. I mean, I think... I don't know. I think well, I don't know. You, you guys think, yeah. yeah. You yeah. guys have been we were, more involved. We were, with that. yeah, because oh, actually, uh, Dale Ho from our national office argued the case the other day. Um, I, I think that there's, you know, look. If you if you read the stories coming out of the Supreme Court, I think everybody felt depressed and sure that the court would approve a citizenship question for the 2020 census. We've all gone broke betting on what the Supreme Court is going to do based on oral arguments. Mm -hmm. So just hang on until June, until we actually get the decision, number one. But here's the second thing. Um, We really need, for example, in the state of Illinois, to ensure that everybody participates in the census, even if this gratuitous and frankly partisan question still is on the census. So there are organizations that are, that are working on that at the grassroots level to make sure that every vote is counted. Actually, one of the things that's happening is in the budget process this year in the state of Illinois is putting enough money into the, uh, into the budget so that grassroots organizations have the resources. I think that's something to watch for. And then I think is, is really going to be for all of us. You're going to hear people who are going to say, well, I'm not going to fill it out because it's got this question on it. So I, if, if they're going to ask that question of so-and-so, I'm not going to answer it. We can't give in to that. We can't give in to fear. That's exactly what the purpose of this question is. It is, it is strictly to get people in states like Illinois and, and municipalities in areas like Chicago not to be counted. We can't do that. So, so I think one of the things is, is to, to make sure that you tune in and listen you know, to what members of Congress are saying and advocating local groups who are working on this and ensuring that we're getting an accurate count in the areas where, you know, we all live. And I think that's going to be really the most important thing. Um, I see one more hand up. I, I, I said one more question, but I'm going to extend it mm-hmm. and we'll go one more. 
Because I got to answer that question. Yeah, not you, that's so, fine. You know, no, yeah. thank you. <laughs> this is actually um, a continuation of that question just because um, one thing that I learned recently hearing about that in the news was, uh, as you said, we need to still fill those out. Um, and I think a question we all have to ask is what is the consequence of, of revealing that information and what that information can be used for? And also realizing, like you said, if, if we're... Inst- there's fear instilled in us um, and we're not filling out those things in order to be um, in opposition to that, whether we are legal or illegally in this country. Well, I hate to use those terms. Yes. It's mm-hmm. like no one is illegal. Documented um, or undocumented. Yeah, documented or undocumented. Thank you. Um, but making sure that we realize that the results of the census is what determines things like our electoral college weight mm-hmm. and things of those yeah. sort um, and not... Um, kind of hurting ourselves in in trying to help ourselves in that aspect. And, 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 you know, one of the things is we keep, you know, in fact, in the argument in the court the other day was the argument was, again, that this would not be used for any kind of enforcement mechanism. Um, I think, you know, I think we all fear about that. I think people are going to have a legitimate fear about that. But I think it's continuing to ensure that that's, uh, you know, that that's something that if they're going to add this question, that that's true. Maybe looking for additional federal legislation in that area. Um, you know, but I think it's going to be really, really important to make sure that everybody gets counted in 2020. Thank you all very, very much. I wonder if I could give yourself a round of applause. For, for this. And, and also, I want to ask one more time if you would give it up for my friend Mary oh. Meg, who is really the best. Thank you. Thank you, thank you Mary Meg. Thank, thank you. you, everybody who worked on this back here. Uh, thank you, everybody who was a part of putting this together. And thank you all for being here. Thanks. And, thank and you. Uh, we can hang out here for another few minutes. Oh, oh, oh. And don't, wait, wait, wait a second. I, I need to make one last announcement, which I wrote in here, so I will have to get the glasses out. <laughs> Um, our Next Generation Society on May 6th is having a happy hour at Spin Ping Pong Club. I'm not allowed to go because I'm too good at ping pong. Uh, from 5.30 to 8.30, May 6th. If you're interested, Emily is here and can give you more information about it. Thank you all very much. Thank you.